Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action 4 News Team. Hello, this is your MTG Action 4 News Team. Your news team to keep things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Well, that's odd. Okay, I guess Big Tuck decided to take a vacation like he deserves it. Squee McGee getting caught up with the meta traffic with a weatherlight report. I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. Uh, this is CMD Tower. I still hold the record. Ravnica world record for the longest run to the mage's end. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to your number 12 source for Magic the Gathering News. We are excited to be one day nominated for an Emmy Cruel. One could hope. Yep. Yeah, 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 here we go. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. So we're going to start off the top of the cast with the latest in Carnage that ensued with games on Sunday with... 45! So, I had some extremely pleasurable games on Sunday. Uh, we were actually supposed to draft some M20, maybe a little Modern Horizons, maybe some Thrones, some War. It's supposed to be a big draft day. Uh, so we went downtown with a friend of the cast, Kevin. Downtown, how nice. Downtown. Yeah, we sound fancy. Yeah, I know. Um, and so we went down there, uh, got there at about 11.30, so that way we could jam some Commander games. Um, one of his friends was about a half hour late, so he actually introduced me to a little bit of Pioneer. Um, it was fun. I don't know if I want to play it, yeah. but it, it was fun. Yeah, okay. It was fun. It's uh, a lot of and effort then... to build a deck <laughs> that you're going to have to take it's a great way to with put every it. standard season or once you have a rotation. I, I play Pioneer and Magic Online, uh, not Magic Online, Arena, until they're going to get Commander on their never. Yeah, you know, I think my issue with Pioneer is the same issue I have with Modern. Not so much standard. Standard, you go into it knowing that rotation is going to completely change out your deck. Modern and Pioneer, there could be a card or two that comes in that fits your deck meta. Mm -hmm. But the issue for me is that I'm so competitive that I want to find like the best tuned deck. And most well, likely that's the deck that will get a card banned and it will dismantle and destroy it. And I have to start from scratch. <laughs> and I don't really feel like spending $800 on a 60-card deck maybe every four to six months. Yeah, you don't, I don't, know, you don't strike me. me as the type to go in and have a casual game of Pioneer. No, not at all. Uh, but, so one of his buddies ended up showing up. We, uh, we're going to start a three-game EDH pod while we're waiting for the other draftees. And then it was actually really cool. Some random person at his condo just walked by, and he was like, hey, are you guys playing EDH? We're like, yeah, we are. For and he's sure. like, can I, can I play? I haven't played in forever. And it was like, sure, sit down. So this was my Lord Windgrace deck versus First Slivers, Greven, and Aloro. And somehow in this game, first time ever on record, I was able to ultimate Lord Windgrace, which if you're not familiar with that, I think it's minus 11 loyalty, which kills them, destroy six non-land permanents, get six 2-2 two -two Forest Walk Kitty Cats. I did it three Meow. times in a game. Wow. Three times. Three? Blew up 18 non-land permanents. Oh, man. Woo. And here's, here's That's how- That's a lot of cats. And then it kind of worked out because uh, I had all the lands. And so I, I kind of would like do at the end of the game, I was resource removing. And eventually I just kind of made the one guy left that had life quit, which was the Aloro player. But it was the perfect politics game because all I was doing was getting lands, just getting lands, getting mm -hmm. lands. Yeah. No benefits from the lands, yeah. just getting just, lands. Just chilling. Um, discarding cards, drawing cards. The first sliver player popped off hard and had like a flying 
12-12 commander at one point. As Slivers do. Yep. And the Aloro player hadn't played EDH in so long. His only memory of Slivers is just terrible nightmares. And so (laughs) he he ended up just targeting the first Sliver player over and over, (laughs) wasting all of his resources. Then the Greven player out of nowhere was about to alpha strike me politicked a little bit kind of told the guys hey once he kills me he's just gonna kill you guys and so i had basically the three players using all their resources to take each other out until eventually they had nothing left and whenever i would do my ultimate on lord Windgrace, it was never on one player it was like well we got to get rid of the aetherflux reservoir you know loro can't have that and then you know what first sliver i'm gonna get rid of your gem height sliver and the first sliver and then grev i'm gonna get rid of lightning greaves it was kind of balanced so each player had a little bit of hurt but they were like well he did get rid of four things from my opponents so i'm okay with it so uh yeah it, it, it's a deck that i, I don't I just play picture often. you back there with your hands sitting back in your chair going oh, mm, I, yes, I felt yes. so evil and maniacal i kind of felt like <laughs> oh god what's like the, the dude in Dune Austin Powers is petting his cat from like no, James what's Bond the uh, Mr. Burns? I felt very Mr. Burns like, uh, yes, excellent, excellent, yes. So, uh, yes. Mr. Mr. Tower, which by the way, we're gonna call you Mr. <laughs> Mr. T. Tower. Mr. We're gonna T? call you Mr. T. Ooh, I like forward. it. I like uh, it. I the fool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what kind of game do you want to talk about that's happened recently? Uh, so I've been on this quest, and it's it's a quest to build a land deck that I can just get 100% behind. And I've tried pretty much every color combination there is. Okay. Um, in the last iteration, I was trying just straight Tatiova. And we reached this point in the game. I have game. nightmares of that. And she's just, she's a super powerhouse, uncommon. And essentially we reached this point in this game where we're 45 minutes in, it was running long. We were at a very, big stalemate where nobody could kill somebody else without having the swing back kill them and somebody just it was actually brian doss who cast a board wipe or it was either that or cyclonic rift and i was like i'm done and in my (laughs) graveyard i had a splendid reclamation on the board i had my sylvan safekeeper and i had a ley line of anticipation on the board so I had my Eternal Witness in my hand, and Tatiova's on the board, and what I did at the time he board wiped, and I had maybe 25 cards left. I sure. sacked all my lands to Sylvan Safekeeper, you know, just on the stack, targeting him repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Eternal Witness in, cast Splendid Reclamation, and drew my entire library so I can go grab a snack. It was, uh, I took <laughs> wow. myself out. <laughs> you know what? And, and that's the way it should be. That's a complicated um, way to do it. You know, I, I do that sometimes with Doom Whisper on Arena. Uh, if I see that they're about to kill me, I'll just pay the two life repetitively to surveil two and just kill myself. Because you know what? Nobody kills Mr. Combo except for Mr. Combo. <laughs> I'm going exactly. out of my own terms. Well, Sweet McGee, is there any games that you want to talk about? Uh, I have one, and you're going to have to remind me of what the name of this commander is. So we were playing a four-pot. It was me, a uh, person I never played with before at level one. Awesome. Um, and then uh, Duff was there and Big Tuck as well. Okay. Um, but what is the commander where you choose the direction and you can only attack the person? Oh, to your you're left talking right? about the new the wall. The Jeskai wall. Yeah. Pramicon. Pramicon. All right. So I was playing against. So the, um, the player we never played with against at level one was playing Pramicon. Uh, Duff was playing his elf deck. Big Tuck, I do not recall what he was playing. And then I was playing my Reese deck. Of course you were. Of course, you know. Uh, <laughs> Reese just got some upgrades yesterday, by the way. It's going to be good. Anyway, take that buddy and build more decks. <laughs> so we were playing this game, and this was one of the most frustrating and longest games I've been a part of. I think it went on for about two hours. Oh, because wait, was this the board wipe game I kept overhearing? Oh yeah, we got board wiped oh, four times by this guy, and he kept insisting that he wasn't doing anything wrong. He was like, 
I'm not board wiping. I don't have any board wipes left in my deck. And then he would lay out two board wipes in one turn or something stupid <laughs> like that. That's a monster right there. Oh, my God. So I think Reese got to the point where he cost nine. Oh, that has to be a record? I gave up. Record scratch? I honestly gave up. Like, if I could have killed myself, I would have done it. I couldn't figure out a way to do it. I just wanted to get out of that game. But it just it got so bad because you could only... I didn't even know what Duff's board was doing because we were going to the... To the oh, right, so I man, could only attack Big painful. Tuck. I couldn't. It didn't matter what Duff was doing. It didn't matter what this guy was doing. It was one of the most long, painful games I've ever played in. So if you ever see that commander come out, I'd suggest you probably just uh, start a new game. Yeah, see, yeah. But I, they did that wrong. So if you're going to play the Pam Wall, in you don't have to board wipe. Just put up a Mystic Barrier, pick the opposite direction, and nobody can attack you until you find your win con, and hopefully it's something. Man. You know, with counters and whatever to make it win the game. That's that's really what you want. Just I just wasn't prepared. Game. See, see, Mister T, you say that, but then what's going to happen is everyone's going to pull out their shanks and their toothbrushes. They're going to stab you to death because there's no way they're mm-hmm. going to sit through that game. Nope. That's why I hang out in other prison cells, man. You just got to play behind that wall. <laughs> well, guys, that's going to wrap up Forty Life in a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? So kind of staying in this theme of Theros, I, I know initially we were calling this, what was it, tokenary, tokenary, something like that, because we kept doing bruising builds episodes around tokens. I really feel like this is more uh, goduary, because uh, we're, we're all about the gods God-uary. this month. So we thought we would talk about our three favorite god cards just throughout Magic's history. You know, um, I I think kind of the great thing that our podcast can do is it can cater to the guys that have been around uh, since 93, 94, but it can also cater to the people that just picked up their first C19 deck this past summer. Um, And so kind of talking a lot about these gods. And now the one restriction is you can't be tricky and do Nicol Bolas God Pharaoh. It's not a god, god damn it. Uh, it has to be a creature type god. So, um, I'm going to start off. I'm going to talk about a god that I actually I haven't even gotten to play with yet because he hasn't come out yet. Um, and so we're talking Aethrios Shroud Veiled. Hmm. Um, he is going to cause me to make two Orzov decks, which I really don't want to do. But I already made a commitment on Silencia the Dark Angel, and I have to do it. So if you're not familiar and you haven't seen the previews of Aetherios Shroud Veiled, guys, uh, it is a legendary enchantment creature god and Theros Beyond Death. It's four colorless Orzov, which is a white and a black, and it's a 4-7 indestructible. As long as your devotion to white and black is less than seven, Aetherios isn't a creature. At the beginning of your instep, and this is what I love about this card, put a coin counter on another target creature. I really wanted to go on eBay and buy a bunch of like old 1800 <laughs> pennies. Not, not good looking oh, ones. Man. I want like really, like really nasty. Really like worn and shitty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like ones that people like still have a little bit of Get value. Get that one that's like green. It's kind of been in the sink for a while. It's, it's kind of like when you go out and buy that black lotus that's been cut into a million pieces and they taped it back together. Those are the kind of pennies I was looking for. What would that go for? Like nice. a thousand bucks still? Uh, probably. Um, <laughs> So at the beginning of your intercept, you put a coin counter on target creature. You might say, why would you want to do that? Well, it has another paragraph of text. Whenever a creature with a coin counter on it dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. This is basically Orzov steal, whether it's a death or exile trigger. And I think that I think the only thing that I need to do a lot more research into is figure out how to get multiple instep triggers 
within Orzov, so that way I can do multiple coin counters, and then you board wipe, and you steal all your opponent's creatures, or you put it on really good stuff that you have. Even working at its own pace, it's still really, really good, because you can just plop those out on anything. So they're doing the Theros God set, we all know that now, but the Athreos, you know, the Hound, Kurinos, the other legendary... He screws over his counterpart, his master. And I just, I think that's a flavor fail in some way with this one. And I understand <laughs> Cerberus keeping people down there, but come on, they got to play well together. You got to have that second lieutenant. Yeah, you know, I, I can see that. And technically that is his hound. So it kind of doesn't, I mean, he still does the exile piece, I guess. Do I need to step in for Big Tuck right now and tell all you and the Vorthos to uh, <laughs> suck, suck it? it? Uh, I think so. I think so. And that, that's targeted directly at Mr. MTG Lord of Leaves. Um, so, yeah, that's my first one. I think this is a very interesting design mechanic. It's something that Orzov does not do today. Um, and it gives you another thing to carry around. Oh, you know, you have to carry dice. Sure. You have to carry that iPad for live totals. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to carry your play mat. You got to carry your deck box. Uh, you also need, I like, think you need to get one of those coin binders of all the 50, uh, quarters that have all the States for the United States. <laughs> oh, that and then you can cool. dish out each person's home. State. I like it. I like it. Uh, but yeah, now this is just another magic accessory for us to carry around coins. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mr. T, what is your first God? My first god is an old-school god, Um, and it's one that I've never built as the general, but I have used it in multiple decks that have red in them, and that is the original god of the Forge, Perforos. Oh, Um, oh, baby, this is one of mine. (laughs) Ah, there you go. Look at that, matching up. See, he's you can't beat a legendary creature that is, you know, for four mana, three colors, one red, and really the... The devotion side of him is something I've never really cared about. I never sure. want him to be a creature. Mm-hmm. Um, really, his effect, that middle line that says, whenever uh, another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Perforos deals two damage to each opponent. Uh, his Broken. final attack. Oh, it's so great. Indestructible. You're, you can't really exile it until it becomes a creature. You have to work to get this off the field. And that's, For four that's mana, what I love too. about it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he's only gotten better in, uh, like, great example in, um, what is it called? Uh, Throne of Eldraine. You had Torbrand come out. Oh, the, yeah. Yep. So instead of two damage, he's doing four damage. Uh, he is just a monster. And if you have him in, like, a few of my decks that run blue with him, I'm running Sakashima in there. I will copy that. Uh, it. If I can hit people just for repeated damage anytime something comes in, it drives the board nuts, and it's just insanely powerful. I don't like how good he is. Yeah. It makes me upset. You know, so I, I think that just shows that uh, Watsy really swung for the fences with the first round of Enchantment Gods. Um, you know, it, a lot of them, because I my first deck I ever built was Karametra. That was episode two of Bruise and Builds. Um, it, it's very interesting design mechanics. Mm-hmm. They're very difficult to get rid of, but in a vacuum, they're not completely busted. Like, you look at it and you say, oh, well, you see that you immediately die. Like, if someone casts Urza and they're playing a true Urza deck... Urza hits the field, it's potential they're going to win that turn. I think Perforos is in that. 
But see, perforos you damage you, like if you just dip out some, some yeah, tokens. But, but see, I think it takes a few turns for perforos to kill you because if you have the board state to where you can generate, and it's usually goblins that happen in this. Right. If you can make your fifteen goblins in that one turn as you cast perforos, shame on everyone else at the table because they let you build up That's true, to yeah. having the ability to make fifteen goblins. Um, you know, something like Urza can literally just hit the field and like, oh, I'm just gonna start tapping mm -hmm. mana and playing stuff for free out of my deck, and I win. Oh, I was. So, save Perforos for later and just have everything ready and then plop him on the board and just yeah. use it as a kill but shot. But wait, you know I what? Use him Perforos is defense in of the heart. Yeah. Oh, defense Ooh, yeah, of the heart. Yeah, yeah. Nice. You put that in there with an Avenger of Zendikar, everything hits the field, all the stacks trigger, and it's just you game over. You're you're yeah. going to dome somebody <laughs> for a lot of damage, and by that point in the game, you should be fully set. You know, I haven't even thought about doing him with Avenger of Zendikar. I run wow. Defense of the Heart in almost all my green decks. Dude, Avenger of um, Zendikar is a beast card. Yeah, and I, and I think I have both of these guys in my uh, Ruik Thar deck. I'm pretty sure you do. Yeah. I, I don't think know I've why seen I you play Avenger that. before, yeah. Huh. Well, thank you there, Mr. T. <laughs> I found me Learned a new something combo. new today. Hey. So, all right. <laughs> Well, uh, my since you guys matched on that one, my next card, because I kind of did a god from each of the different areas, uh, this is my next favorite one. He's a god. He's eternal. His name's Bontu. Oh, uh, motherfucker. Oh, oh nice. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my second one. Yes. Well, Squeeze is going to sit this one out. Y'all have your commentary. <laughs> I'll just be over here. Don't worry about me. Uh, so God Eternal Bontu, guys, if you're not familiar, is the best second best of the god eternal gods because i think we can all admit kefnet's the one that's just broken as a as a commander uh but bontu has such good value it's three colorless black black zombie god for zombie tribal which is kind of relevant that can be uh five six menace and he has two effects one when he enters the battlefield sacrifice any number of other permanents than draw that many cards so giving you guys a little mr combo combo corner uh the, the way that you do that is you play him you sacrifice as many things as you can that you're willing to do but if you have a sacrifice outlet on the field you can also sacrifice bontu to that outlet then his next trigger goes on the stack Whenever he dies or is put into exile from the battlefield, you may put it into its owner's library third from the top. So that ability would resolve. He goes in third from the top. Then his initial enter the battlefield ability resolves. And you're going to draw your however many cards. You draw them right back to your hand and you could do it again. It's, um, it's great. And the thing I like about these God Eternals, it says die or exile. So about the only way you're getting rid of him is if you... Uh, um, uh, dear, or I almost called you, Dear Squee. Hey, uh, hey, Mr. Big Squee. Uh, what what is that green enchantment you always do? Oh, Song of the Dryads. Song of the Dryads. Yeah. You're gonna have yeah, to do stuff just like turn them into a forest or something. Imprison the moon. That's yeah. really the only way you're getting rid of these gods. So a way to get rid of somebody's general. Um, I've seen this take place in a lot of Yasova decks. Uh, specifically, is Teferi's Veil. What you do is you take their general and attack with it, and what happens mm -hmm. is it phases out. And if you can end the turn, it never returns uh, at the end of combat. It's basically the turn ends, and therefore the general is just phased. So it's one way to get rid of something uh, permanently. It's from like the game. locking them in the the mirror world. Wait, wait. So you're telling me if you have a Teferi's Veil and like a Sundial of the Infinite, you attack with their commander? Because I actually play, and we just did this on a Bruise and Builds. Empress Galena, uh, all your stuff is mine, basically. So if I steal one of their things and I attack with it, and it phases out at the end of combat. 
when the phase trigger comes back and I sundial of the infinite, it's just gone forever? Uh, yes, but for situations like that, the reason you use it in Yasova um, is specifically when it comes back in, it's under your control. That way you're not returning it. Um, so it stays oh. on your side. But if you have somebody who's constantly having a way to either sack their general or kill their own general or board wiping constantly, uh, so think like Child of Alara, this sure. is a good way just to take it out of the equation. Um, and since it's a phased huh. out, it basically treats it though it doesn't exist. Wow, Mr. Combo, cool. I feel like you have some homework to do this evening yeah. with some of your decks. Well, just phasing is one of those extreme. It's kind of like what me and Big Talk have talked about, and even Squeeze brought it up with energy. It seems like one of these mechanics that got very little support. Uh, you know, kind of kind of like how energy had Kaladesh, and that was kind of it. Um, and then phasing, you know, I see it's like some are printed in like visions. Uh, was phasing, because I know Mr. T, you've played Prey Magic longer than I have. Was phasing one of those mechanics that it, Wizards introduced like for a set or two and then just never went back to it? It was one of those things that had, it's think of it like banding. It exists, but it caused oh, yeah. a lot of problems. It held, mm. uh, caused a lot of confusion because it's not exile. It's not a graveyard. Um, this is, you know, Weatherlight era. So there were no sure. commander. Um, commander didn't exist at that point. So you had this really weird time. And so it was a mechanic that they, they're probably never going back to because it was just confusing for people. Well, you know what? That sounds like, uh, Squee, uh, that for our next round of custom cards for the cast, since we're going to do Planeswalkers, <laughs> sounds like someone's uh, Planeswalkers getting an ability that might be a plus target creature phases. What if we made a Squee card that could phase, kind of like the Because you graveyard? never do anything? Yeah, yeah, that'd <laughs> yeah. be great. Phase uh, out of the game, come back at the end. Uh, get out of here. Uh, so, Squee, <laughs> since I stole your Bantu, uh, what card do you want to talk about? All right, well, these Yahoo's stole all my thunder, so the last one that I have available <laughs> today is going to be Crufix God of Horizons, oh, which yep. is just a beautiful card. So, for those playing the home game, it's a legendary enchantment creature god for seven indestructible, blah, blah, blah. As long as your devotion to green and blue is less than seven, Crufix isn't a creature. He costs five to put on the board. Uh, but he reads, you have no maximum hand size. Great. Nice. And then he also reads, if you would lose unspent mana, that mana becomes colorless instead. Damn. Perfect for the sitting tight guy that wants to do nothing. Yeah, just build up a huge nice. mana base, build up a huge hand, and then when the time is right, strike. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've actually never seen a Krufix God of Horizons deck out in the wild, but I know it's a popular commander because it's definitely one that if you can get out early enough because green can ramp super hard, oh, yeah. that you create this massive cache of mana, Labman, and then you just cast Blue Sun Zenith for probably 50 or something and just draw out your deck and win. Uh, you know, Mr. T, is this a deck you've ever seen out in the wild? Is that pretty much how it functions? Uh, it's one that I've never encountered. I've seen it. Um, you know, deck tax and things like that, but I've never actually mm -hmm. played against it or with it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, having access to blue and green with that and having no maximum hand size and being able to float that much mana is just... I. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, every time I see this card, it does bring a tear to my eye because it reminds me of Prophet of Crufix, RIP on the ban list forever. Because it was too good. Too good. Um, oh. Well, Mr. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, and it's funny because that's actually I had got that card right when I started playing Magic. I think Target had it as a promo in their little plastic $20 random card things. 
Uh, so I got one, put it in my Animar deck, and my Animar deck was just wrecking with Prophet Acrufix. And then I think within like three months, it got, I was playing it, and someone's like, hey, that's banned. And I was like, what do you mean banned? They're like, you can't play it anymore. And I'm like, says who? They're like, uh, the rules committee. Says, uh, and I'm like, I don't know wizards? who that is. Uh, so yeah, it was a sad day, sad day for Mr. Combo. Oh, well, well. Uh, Mr. T, what is your second god? My second god follows the line of thought that this would be a card that would be in the 99. I don't necessarily see it leading the 99, and and I'll kind of touch on that. Um, It's the new Perforos. It's the one from Theros Beyond Death. Um, And there's there's a real reason behind why I I wouldn't want him as the general, Um, but really it boils down to... um, him having to be a creature. So basically, I'll read this out so it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, Perforos, bronze-blooded, five mana, four colorless, one red. Uh, indestructible, as long as your devotion to red is less than five, Perforos isn't a creature. So in the particular scenario I'm talking here, you do want him as a creature. Yep. Uh, other creatures get haste. His primary thing here is an expensive um, sneak attack. Sneak attack, Exactly. Yep. So two colorless, one red. You may put a red creature card or an artifact creature from your hand onto the battlefield, sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. So I could see him being in some decks for people who are budget-minded, who are like, all right, I want to have sneak attack, but I don't want to spend a lot of money on it. Sure. Uh, If you can make him a creature... You can use things like Training Grounds. Training Grounds lowers that activated cost by two. Or if you wanted to add an extra color in there, so red, blue, green, uh, you could do that with Biomancer's Familiar. Uh, Same effect. Um, There isn't really a way that I could see you twisting the red creature and artifact creature, but there's plenty of dangerous red creatures and plenty of dangerous artifact creatures out there. So I could see him being a perfect fit in a lot of 99s. Yeah, well, so, I mean, I think the big thing here that makes these gods special is that these activated abilities that they have are not dependent on them being creatures. So, I mean, yes, him being a 7-6 bashy face is pretty great, but just if we looked at him, if I said, hey, uh, Mr. T and Mr. Squee, Mr. Like Big it. Squee, uh, if I said, hey, guys, here's a five mana red enchantment that says all your creatures have haste, and for three mana, you can do sneak attack. Would you guys say, you know what? That's a fair budget version of a card, or would you say that's not good enough to be in a deck? Oh, I think it's for sure good enough to be in a deck. I would use this almost as a commander and use it like an Elvish Piper, kind of like, what's the deck you have that cheats in big creatures? When you attack, you put one onto the board. Oh, Kalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like a, a different version of Kalia. You could use this to cheat out huge dragons or huge beaters and get them onto the field. So I, I think the interesting thing here, and uh, Squeeze played against this deck because this is a big tuck deck, but uh, I'm sure <laughs> Mr. T has played one. But would you guys agree that this is probably, I think when I immediately saw this, the best fit for him off top ahead was probably a Marchesa deck. Uh, dealing with those plus one counters because you pay the three you attack the person with the highest life total boom it gets a plus one counter you sacrifice it it comes right back you basically paid three mana to cheat out whatever you did that's that's pretty solid i think that would work yeah this card has a lot of upside to it yeah and Um, it's only pre-ordering for like 10 bucks so during uh, you know the probably two to three weeks after it comes out it'll probably drop to like eight uh, I may pick up a copy or not two. Not to mention, he's just a huge creature in himself. Yeah, I mean, if he ever becomes his true 7-6. Um, see, this is the kind of Perforos that I think they looked at 
uh, God of Forge, and they said he's pretty up there. I mean, he's one of the best Red yeah. Commanders available. Uh, let's still make Perforos good, but let's not just make it this broken, amazing guy. And I think an extra mana, and it's just like, hey, your stuff gets haste, and it has a little bit more expensive sneak attack. I think people are still excited, but we all kind of understand, okay, the first round of gods, you know, like yeah, I mentioned earlier, they're, they're, they're pretty powerful, so... Um, all right. Well, my last one, because I know we've taken all the squeeze. Squeeze got nothing to say. Uh-huh. We're talking <laughs> about a god that I actually run only in a couple of decks, but I need to run it more because his abilities are so good. We're talking Xenagos, God of Revels. Nice. So this is three colorless, uh, red, green, indestructible, six, five. And as long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven, it's not a creature. But here's why I think this card is actually extremely... I don't know. I'd call him underrated. Um, let's see. He's he's the number 87th ranked Gruul commander. So I think that's pretty underplayed, even though he has 877 decks. Ooh, that's I, I think that's how that works. Or it's number 87 out of all commanders. Regardless, I think it's out of all commanders. Yeah, I, I don't think that's that many decks for him. But this paragraph at the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature you control gains haste and gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is that creature's power. So him as a general or in the 99, like I'll put him in Ruik Thar and I'll do the defense of the heart and get Xenagos out. Cause you have to attack with Ruik Thar each yep. turn. It's like, okay, well he's just going to be a 12, 12 yeah, just a vigilance, reach, beater, yeah. trample, like throw what you want at it. You're taking probably some damage. Um, and, and I mean, this can apply to even little things. It could be, uh, an infect led deck, uh, with a lot of the green infect in oh, yeah, the with the infect, That's nasty. Yeah. I think he's very, very good. Um, you know, I did want to talk about Karametric as she's technically my OG god uh, since she runs my angels and elves. But I think Xenagos has a lot of design space around it. And I think he supports a mechanic that we don't really do a lot in Commander anymore. And that's Smash Face with just a hey. big tank creature. You know, it's a lot of this go wide with a million tokens. Or I'm going to combo out and draw out my deck. Or I'm going to lock down the game to where you guys can't do anything. Or I'm going to take infinite turns and burn you guys out. There's not a whole lot of people just saying, I'm just going to have one massive creature just bash you in your face. And I think Xenagos brings that to the table. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. That, that may be why he's a little bit underrated. I think just because yep. it's only one creature at a time instead of like an overwhelming stampede type sure. of effect. Or uh, I just put this in my reach deck yesterday, Pathbreaker Ibex, which is just upsetting. As a card, really good. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great card. I would I would run that in a lot of different decks just to to boost something up and make a distraction. If nothing else, it's an indestructible thing that keeps your board state good to go because you can do other things while people are worried about that. Absolutely. Cool. Well, and that. Uh, <laughs> well, guys, that's going to cover on what's the plane chase. Now, in that last segment, Squeeze dives into those creative juices with the Weatherland. Back to the Weatherlight Report, coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee. Today we're taking extra turns. We're trying to keep it on a budget. Yes. We're talking Madami of the Ageless. Madami, for those playing the home game, is a legendary Sphinx. For those Sphinx tribal out there, uh, he's four colorless, a white, and a blue. He reads flying. Whenever Madami the Ageless deals combat damage to a player, take an extra turn after this one. Madami of the Ageless can't attack during extra turns. And then he's a 4-4 as far as the flying goes. Uh... This guy's going to be fun. He's going to be a little bit hard to get out there because you don't have access to some of the ramp out of, say, green or mm-hmm. or other colors like that. But having access to white and having access to blue, you can control your board state for a while and then you can beef up your creatures with this. 
But this is going to be fun. So this is, I think he's, what, a dollar or two dollars maybe? Uh, yeah, think a buck. He seems like a really underrated extra turn card because in my research, like almost all the extra turn cards are 8, 10, 12, 17, 20 bucks. Yeah, and so, so like the way that you have to try to make him work is you deal the combat damage, you get your extra turn. Mm-hmm. And then you have to find ways to cheat him into combat. So he's already tapped and attacking. Yep. So then he deals the combat damage again and you get another extra turn. Because even if you make clone copies of him, those clones can't attack during extra turns because their name is Madami the Ageless. Correct. Anything named Madami the Ageless can't do it. But if you could bounce him to your hand and figure out a way to cheat him into an attack mode, then yeah, you just take infinite extra turns, infinite damage, and just some disgusting yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's, there's some things out there you could do that are infinite with this. I'm not going to talk about them because they get real complicated and you know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, some of the cards I wanted to talk about on this. So the first one I'm going to talk about is extremely simple. It's extremely cheap. It's aqueous form. It's, oh, yeah. yeah, a blue enchantment aura for one blue mana enchant creature. Enchant creature can't be blocked. And then whenever enchanted creature attacks, scry one. So you yep. get two effects out of that. It's only one mana. You put them onto your commander. You can't be blocked. So you're guaranteed at least an extra turn. And the way that you would build this deck, I think on a budget, if you don't get into those infinite cycles of being able to take a ton of extra turns and just end the board in a degenerate type of way, like Mr. Combo likes, yeah. uh, you can actually build this in and put other types of creatures. Maybe you build a, a small sub theme of like steal other people's stuff and use that to attack people in your extra turns or put other types of creatures out there. So knowing that you're only going to get one extra turn each combat phase, and then you're going to have to skip it the next time. That's still really, really good. Yeah. So, you know, I see this card being unblockable as being a, a huge upside. Yeah, you know, I think you could probably take a little bit, and Mr. T, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think you would probably, if you're looking to build this Madami deck, considering there's only 72 of them, you're not going to have a lot of decks to pull from. I think you would actually pull up a lot of Brago lists. Bragos are the same color, they're Azorius. I thought about talking Brago in this. Yeah, and, and I, so I think you would have to look up, because Brago, I would say a third of the deck is about making Brago unblockable, because the deck just does not mm -hmm. Function like we used to have a guy in our play group named uh, Mike who lives out in California. Now we've mentioned him like a billion times on this cast. Uh, he had a degenerate Brago deck. But the thing that would happen is if you shut down Brago and if you bore, if you spot removed it yep. enough times, he would just literally say, "Well, there's nothing I can do now yes. because that deck is so focused around that." And so I think you would look for that unblockable piece in those Brago decks to translate over to Madami. Um, there, there would be one thing I would probably add to this deck, and it's I'm looking at the card right now, and essentially it says Madami the Ageless can't attack during its extra turns, and, and I guess because it's looking at its own name. Now, if you play Sakashima the Imposter as a copy of that, it's still going to have the name uh, Metomai can't attack on the same turn, but Sakashima re uh, retains its name as. Uh, oh, that's really, really good. That's, that's really, really, really good. good. Yeah. Oh man. And I know oh, there's I, there's probably a couple other cards out there too that only take the abilities of something. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I know Sakashima is that Mr. Skips T's, the legendary uh, rule. That's great. That's his avatar uh, for the cast. Um, but oh man, that is yeah. really that, that's that, just infinite turns. Yeah. I think I think you did it. I think you I, broke I think it. You, I think you did it. I think you're. You broke it after one card. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, uh, Squee, what is the next card? Try to top that. After it's broken, uh, Squee's just going to go ahead and uh, retire now, take granted, a nap. Squee wouldn't have found this card because it is $26, $27. Oh, yeah. Hell no. There's a lot of really good expensive ones for this. What's your next card? So the next one I want to talk about is a great politicking card. It's one of the few cheap extra turn cards like Madame. So it is Plea for Power. It's a sorcery for three colorless and a blue, and it reads, Will of the Council. Starting with you, each player votes for time or knowledge. If time more gets more votes, take an extra turn after this one. If knowledge gets more votes or the vote is tied, draw three cards. Okay. So okay. you're probably always going to be drawing cards, but sure. there's a chance if you're in a pinch late game, you start politicking, you make a couple deals and say, hey, if I get enough votes to take an extra turn, I can do X, Y, or Z to this player so we can all keep going or you can build something off of that. But I thought it was a fun card that you can play that'll get the whole board engaged with your board state while you're still trying to take some extra turns on theme. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think that's fun. Uh, I think that's good. I, I'm actually trying to do some research right now to see if it's in your colors because there is a voting card for Will of the Council that actually says that you get an extra vote. Here we go. Oh, I found it. One drop. Uh, yeah. Well, so there's another. There's actually a creature. Uh, Brago's representative, two colorless white creature, human advisor, one four. So it's not going to just die from a lightning bolt. Mm -hmm. uh, while voting, you get an additional vote. So something like that to where I've actually always wanted to build a that true would swing, voting deck, especially in a three. If you're playing a three pod, that already just that swings it it. immediately. If it's a four pod, you just got to get one. Yep. Huh. Yeah, so that's really good. Uh, I, I think that's a, a very cool card. Um, oh man, hold on, I'm trying to think. I uh, might. Ooh, no, that's too risky. I was thinking about slamming that in my Jota deck because I run expropriate in there and I always seem to get it because <laughs> then I'd get two extra turns off my votes. Uh, but anyways, uh, Mr. T, what are your thoughts on that? I like it. Um, anywhere you can save a couple of bucks and find an older card. Conspiracy is one one of my favorite sets by far. Um, and it just had a lot of great cards, that being one of them. So we're still staying on a bit of a budget here. We're still trying to take extra turns. We're always on a budget with you. Well, there you know, is nothing that's not budget. One day I will surprise you, and I'm going to bring like a two thousand dollars set of cards in here. I'm going to bring <laughs> Imperial Seal. All this shit. Anyway, so I want to talk about Karn's Temporal Sundering. Oh yeah. Yep. Legendary sorcery. Four colorless, two blue. Uh, it says target player takes an extra turn after this one. Return up to one target non-land permanent to his owner's hand. Exile Karn's. Temporal Sundering. Mm -hmm. And then you have to have a legendary card out on the battlefield, so if you're running Madama, it shouldn't be a big deal. Or a Planeswalker, or yeah, a which Planeswalker, is also legendary. I suppose, so, yeah. blah, 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 but you know, I don't play a lot of Planeswalkers. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Anyways, this card's only, I think, a couple bucks at most. 91 cents right now. Wow, even under a dollar. Okay. Yeah, yeah and this is, this is huge, because you get to take an extra turn. It's still on theme. It's still under budget, and six man is probably not too bad by the time you're you know, and, ramping, you have your commander out on the board state. It takes six mana just to get him out there. And leading into this, I did mention that one of the ways that you can kind of cheat around this that I've heard about, I've never seen it, is being able to attack, get that extra turn, bounce Madami back to your hand, and then cheat it in the next combat phase to kind of keep that value train. Well, you cast Karn's Temporal Sundering. You get now, you'll have two extra turns on the stack, but you could bounce your commander back to your hand, and then you could figure out a way to cheat it into the uh, actual combat phase so that way it's tapped and attacking. Yep. Um, to be able to then stack another extra turn and then just try to figure out a way to chain that. Makes good sense. All right, so the last card I wanted to talk about is a uh, multicolored card, Steel of the Godhead. It is two colorless hybrid white-blue. Uh, it's another aura. 
Enchant creature, as long as enchant creature is white, it gets plus one, plus one, and has lifelink. As long as enchant creature is blue, it gets plus one, plus one, and it is unblockable. Yep, I've, I've had nightmares of this card in those Brago <laughs> decks. Jesus, they're terrible. Oh, forget Brago, Zur. Oh my god. Oh, oh god. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this card's great. It's still dirt cheap. It's a common. You dump them on there. You use any kind of mana. It, you don't have to have expensive, you know, dual tap lands to get these type of things out because you can just work with whatever's on your board state. And it's gaining you life at the same time. Yep. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, it makes sense, because like I said, uh, you probably want a quarter to a third of your cards being able to make your creatures unblockable because um, yep. you want to be able to take you, you want to chain those extra turns to where you're doing four five, six, seven extra turns in a row um, and, and being able to deal a little bit of damage. It's not going to be a ton, but deal a little, a little bit of damage, yeah, a bit of damage. Yeah, I, you're going to have to load in, a, a, I would assume, at least five to ten counter spells in this type of deck as well early on sure. just to protect yourself and keep things going while you're trying to build up your mana base but once you get there yeah cards like these there's a dime a dozen there's a ton of them out there and you can just keep dumping them out to people blue has no problem drawing cards mm-hmm. so well perfect that's all i had on that i want to kick it back to the action for news desk with mr t and mr combo Thank you for staying with us. And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders through Level1GameShop.com. Also, another way to support your news team is to head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. With reward tiers for all the budgets, there's a way you, the collective, can help. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 news team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, CMD Tower. You can communicate directly with your team on Twitter at at CMD Tower, at Mr. Combo number five, all spelled out except for that five, at Dear Squee, and screw Big Tuck, because he's not here to record! <laughs> From your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.